You're listening to SU The Big Screen, hosted by James Murphy, the official podcast of WQSU 88.9 The Pulse. And now, our feature presentation. Hello and welcome back to another episode of SU The Big Screen hosted by me, James Murphy. And today we're going to be looking at the top 10 worst movies of 2022. Now this is the fun list. This is the list that I was looking forward to. And this is the list that I think is really going to be fun because there are a lot of stinkers that came out last year. And we're going to go through my list of the top 10 worst. Now, these are all bad. They are all terrible in my eyes. If there is a film that you see on this list and you're like, I like that movie. I mean, more power to you. But in my eyes, I don't think these films are worthy of being called good. And, of course, this is just my own personal opinion. So please don't take any of this seriously. I would encourage you to make your own top 10 worst list. And uh, one last note, if there's a film that you think should have been on this list, but I didn't put on the list, I probably didn't see it. I'm sure there was a lot of bad stuff out there that I just didn't see because I saw and was like, I don't really want to put myself through watching this. So uh, without further ado, I did see enough bad films to make a list like this. So let's just jump right into it and see what we have in store today. So number 10. I have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So this was the straight-to-Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This film uh, has been remade like 12 times now. I'm pretty sure there's like four different films all called Texas Chainsaw Massacre now. And now we have another one that went straight to Netflix. And this film is bad. (laughs) It's bad. Uh, But I do kind of like it a little bit because it's so bad that it's good in a way um unlike the other films that we're going to get into on this list this is a film that i think is funny so i kind of made it entertaining for me uh it was trying to be scary and it was trying to be a horror movie but it's not it's not horror it's more of a comedy than a horror film i'm a, you're essentially just like rooting for leatherface to kill everybody in this film which i mean it's fine with me but you're not supposed to in a horror movie you're not supposed to root for the killer but in this film you are because all the human characters are just complete idiots like there's not one logical decision made by any character in this film everyone's just stupid for no reason and I, the only reason they did it that way is because if they were smart then the movie wouldn't happen because you have to have stupid characters in order to progress the story because there was multiple parts in the film where the characters had running vehicles and they could have left and they chose not to. So that is on them for dying and getting themselves killed because they could have left when they had the chance, but they didn't. Even when they knew that Leatherface was out there like killing people, they still chose not to leave. Like there's one scene in particular where there's a bunch of characters on a bus and the driver is on the bus and he has the keys and they don't leave because they're waiting for someone who they don't know is dead. So you can maybe give them a pass for that one. But then the guy on the bus, the bus driver, he hears a noise. He hears a noise outside of the bus. And what do you think a logical person would do when they're in a life or death situation and you hear a noise? You would not go towards it. And you know what he does? 
He gets out of the bus without saying a word and heads straight towards the noise without saying anything. Like, literally, one of the other characters is like, where are you going? And the dude just doesn't even answer her. He just leaves. And then, like, five seconds after he steps off the bus, he gets murdered. <laughs> and it's like, it was just so dumb, which is what made it funny. But, I mean, this is what I wish Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey was like. Like, a movie that was trying to be uh, funny and like bad i guess i mean i can't really give it credit for knowing it was bad and knowing what it was because i can't really give it a pass for that but i can give it a pass because it was entertaining because there's a lot of scenes like that in particular where characters are just stupid for no reason and it's not just the characters who are doing stupid decisions that make it <laughs> funny as well there was uh that same bus scene leatherface just starts killing everybody like whips out the chainsaw and he starts just shredding through everybody. There's a lot of continuity errors. I mean, there's one dude in particular. He gets hoisted up into the air with a chainsaw. Like, Leatherface picks him up with the chainsaw, lifts him up in the air, and the chainsaw's running, and he's getting, like, ripped in half. And, like, ten seconds later, after that had happened to him, he just gets right back up and, like, throws a punch at Leatherface. Like, this dude just had a chainsaw ripped through his stomach, and now he's walking around like nothing happened? Like, I, <laughs> what? And there's, there's a lot of stuff like that that made it funny in my eyes there's just stupid choices by stupid characters and that made it entertaining to me in a way but it still deserves a spot on the worst of the year list <laughs> so number nine i have the grim cutty <laughs> another funny stupid horror movie that has stupid characters making stupid decisions and you're gonna see a lot of that on this list <laughs> and uh uh the grim cutty was no exception this was a straight to hulu horror film about it's basically like the momo challenge if you ever heard of the momo challenge it's where if you get a phone call from momo then momo will kill you in three days it's kind of like the ring it was famous off of tiktok and uh online trends and that kind of stuff and they decided to make their own rendition of momo except they called him the grim cuddy and basically the twist revealed at the end of the film is that the more parents fear technology, the more powerful he gets. So, like, whenever the main girl's, like, parents start freaking out that she's getting cut by the Grim Cuddy, they think that she's actually cutting herself when, in fact, it's actually their fear that is causing the creature to, like, attack people. And, like, as a concept, it could seem, like, you know, interesting to you. But when you actually watch it, like the Grim Cuddy himself looks so stupid. Just just look up the Grim Cuddy. Just look him up right now online. Look up what he looks like. And he looks so silly. Like he doesn't look menacing at all. He doesn't look scary. He just looks stupid. He's like he looks like Dr. Eggman. He's got the big fat body and the long, like, skinny legs and skinny arms. And he's just like there's a scene where he's chasing the main girl in the house and he's doing this little like truffle shuffle to get to her. And it was just so stupid looking. But I had a blast watching this film. It was so so funny it was so like it was unironically funny like unintentionally it was not scary at all but it was entertaining to watch so that's why i don't have it lower on the list but it is it's still worthy of being on the list I, I there's a lot of bad acting in here especially from the father of the main girl he does he does a really bad job um and there was no one really to root for other than just like Texas Chainsaw. It was like I was rooting for the Grim Cuddy to kill everybody. Like that's what made it entertaining to me. Every time the Grim Cuddy was on screen, like I was just laughing my 
my A off because it, it was just so funny and it was so stupid looking that whenever he was there, I was just, I was having a blast and it was just so fun to see him on the screen. But every time he wasn't on screen, you'd have to cut back to the stupid characters making stupid decisions, getting themselves killed. And that kind of stuff does make the film annoying. Whenever it's not focused on the Grim Cuddy, it's just so dumb to watch. But as far as the actual film itself, like as a whole, it's just, it has a really bad message about technology. And in the film at the end, it's basically like trying to tell you that like, oh, you should have like faith in your children and let them use technology. And that if parents freak out about their children being on their phones all the time, then, you know, that's, that's bad. But I, I don't think that's really fair. I feel like the uh, the children probably should have had better actors <laughs> i think the main girl she was okay i mean it, she it focuses on her for most of it uh i think that given the material she had she wasn't that bad of an actress i think her little brother was also pretty good in a sense but whenever it focuses on any of the other like child characters that aren't the main two uh they're just terrible like, there's this one girl um, that the main girl meets and becomes friends with, and they bond over the fact that the Grim Cuddy has been tormenting both of them. But this other girl, she's, like, this so over-the-top, like, emo, eccentric girl that it felt so unbelievable. And, like, there's another scene where they go to this house party, and they're basically having a Grim Cuddy party because the Grim Cuddy becomes, like, a famous name at their school because everyone was talking about it, and the kids were just kind of, like having a party because that's what college kids, uh, not college kids, that's what they, that's what movie producers think high school students do is they just throw parties and get drunk all the time and just act stupid. But it's not 100% true. It's just what these executive suits think that high schoolers are like, but they write them to be like so obnoxious to where they don't feel believable. And at this party, like it's supposed to be all high schoolers, but a lot of them looked like they were in their their mid twenties. Like I don't know why they hired a bunch of adults to play high schoolers. I hate that they didn't, dear Evan Hansen. And it's something that you see a lot more often than you probably should. But that was definitely distracting. Whenever you're at the high school and it shows her like talking with their friends, walking through the hallway, and you see all the extras look like they're fresh out of college. Like it was just very distracting to see stuff like that. But. It was definitely fun. <laughs> like it was definitely fun to watch. Uh, it was entertaining, and uh, I think that the list is only going to go downhill from here because I cannot say the same about the rest of the films on this list. And speaking of which, we're going to get to number eight, and that is Devotion. So, for those of you who don't know, Devotion is a film that came out uh, last year, and it's about a real life fighter pilot named Jesse Brown. He's a real guy. This was a biopic about this guy's life and I should have been more interested than I was but I just wasn't because the movie was so boring I was bored out of my mind I just hated myself for being there the only reason I saw it was because I was hanging out with um my grandmother uh, I was home for uh spring break I know no it wasn't spring break it was Thanksgiving break I was home for Thanksgiving break I was wanted to hang out with my family members, and I went and saw the menu with my grandmother, my uh, my dad's mom, and I also wanted to see another film with my other grandmother. So we saw the Devotion, and we were in an empty theater. We were the only people's there, and and this was like the first week that it was out, and I was so bored out of my mind, like I almost fell asleep. I almost fell asleep so many times. The first forty five minutes, nothing happens. Literally, nothing in the film happens. I was just so 
boring and I wanted to die and there was nothing that was engaging about this film like it's just it's trying to I, I get character development and like trying to like set up the story there is no real story like there like there is no story it's basically just a movie about this guy's life but where Elvis where I thought was best of the year worked and where this one didn't is that Elvis's life was a story that was worth being on the big screen Jesse Brown, like the pilot, I'm sure he's a great guy. Like, like he 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 also he like passed away in a fighter pilot accident. He seemed like a great dude, but it's like, was it really a story worth telling on the movies like screen? I feel like that's one of the biggest questions you could say for any of these films that are on the worst list was was it worth telling on the big screen? And I just don't think it was. Like, and I feel bad because he seemed like a cool guy. But I don't think he really needed a movie about his life. There was nothing really interesting on screen. It took an hour for anything to happen for me to even like snap out of like the trance that this film put me in, which was putting me to sleep. Like there was one scene where there's a fighter pilot accident where one of his um, friends dies, and I don't even know if that was like a real thing to happen. Like I don't even think that was something that happened in real life. I think that was added specifically for the movie so they could have like a little bit of stakes or have a little bit of like drama in there. But it just felt so out of place because it, it just was so boring for so long that when something actually happened, it, I just didn't even care at that point. And the movie does have like a sad ending like it does like try to pull on the heartstrings but at that point like i was sitting there for like an hour and a half and when you're sitting there for so long and nothing happens one good ending doesn't make up for the entire like movie literally like the entire movie there wasn't anything in this film that i could remember as soon as i got out of the theater i immediately forgot about it as soon as i got out and as soon as the credits rolled i wanted to leave like i wasn't going to spend a single more second watching this film because I was just so bored and I feel like such an a-hole for saying it but I just was because I know this was a real guy and I wanted to like it but it's just when you have scenes where it's like he he goes to work and he talks to his co-worker and then he goes home talks to his wife and he goes back to work talks to another co-worker goes back to his house talks to his wife goes back to work and talks to another co-worker that's literally like the entire first hour is just him cutting between like talking to other pilots and not actually flying or anything and then going back home and talking to his wife and they do this so many times times that it becomes a drag and that's the best thing that I could say to describe this movie is that it's a boring drag and I would not recommend a film like this to anybody I, I I'm sorry like I, I didn't want to put this on the list but I had to there's no way that I couldn't and I know this is based off a book like there was a book about Jesse Brown and his life I'm sure the book is probably a whole lot more interesting than the film but I, I think that's the biggest problem is when you have a book to film transition, I, I don't think it really works well, especially when the book wasn't really, you know, needed to like, if you already have the book, then why would you want to make a movie? It, it just didn't make any sense. And I can absolutely see why this film bombed at the box office. It definitely was deserving of that. And as, as, as bad as I feel for Jesse Brown, I, I just I, I just couldn't sit through this one for a second time. I, I just can't. I could, I could barely get through the first time in the theater. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of people didn't even know this, about the, what this movie was or what it was even about. It kind of just was released around Thanksgiving, and nobody talked about it. Nobody really cared. And it just kind of seems obvious as to why that is after watching it. So, number seven, I have Hellraiser. So this was the... 
direct to Hulu. Uh, it was the direct to Hulu Hellraiser reboot film. We haven't had a Hellraiser film of this kind of quality in such a long time. And by quality, I mean like in terms of the style and the look of it. Hellraiser is one of the most iconic horror franchises of all time. The first four were all theatrical films. And then after that, they made like eight straight to DVD movies. And uh, after they put the movies on DVD, the quality was so bad. I actually binge watched like the entire Hellraiser franchise, or at least I was going to. I watched the first four and then I got to five. And that was five was Hellraiser Inferno. And I didn't know that that film was straight to DVD. So when I was watching it, I thought it was, this was a film in theaters. I hated that movie. That was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life, Hellraiser Inferno. And that's a one out of 10 film for me. And the fact that that movie was so bad that it made me not want to watch the rest of the, the franchise. That, that, the, the, I mean, I would never have started a franchise that I couldn't finish ex- until I hit that one because it was so bad. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to sit through the rest of these films if this is the kind of quality I can expect like going forward. Because I had like four more to watch after that one. And I was like, no. I was like, I, I was just, no. I said, there are more important things I can do with my time. So when I heard that they were rebooting this thing, I was excited because I do like the first Hellraiser a lot. I think the second one is also okay. The third one I like more than most people do. The fourth one where he goes to space is just kind of bad, but I mean, it was still enjoyable, I guess. I think this new one is bad though. I don't think it's as bad as the straight to DVD one. I don't think it's that bad at all, but I just wasn't that interested. I thought all the characters were super lame. There wasn't anyone that I was rooting for. It's again, it's like the kind of trope that you see with bad horror movies is that you're rooting for the killer to kill everybody. And I don't want to root for the killer. Like, even though, like, they're cool, like, they're interesting, like, villains, but I'm not trying to see them, like, win. Like, I want to see the people survive, you know, in a good movie. But when you have films like this, where you have these annoying human characters and they have this one main girl, she's like the main character. And she just argues with everybody, and it's so, like, annoying. Like, it's the kind of arguing that just gets your nerves up and, like, gets your anxiety up. Like, it's just so, like, unrealistic how much she just, like, doesn't... Like, and she's friends, like, with her characters, and it's supposed to be implied that, like, these are her friend circle. And and these are her friend circles that she has, and she has these relationships with these different people. But she just does nothing but argue with them for the entire film, like and it's arguing over nothing they don't have like actual conversations about their problems they just argue with each other 24 7 so when you see that on screen like for every single scene that she's in for the most part it's just so annoying and you just want them to get killed by pinhead and uh speaking of pinhead he's not played by doug bradley he's not even a guy he's he's a girl which a lot of people were upset by for me personally it didn't really bother me that much I think the main issue was that they didn't really utilize Pinhead, like, as a character. Like, he was unique, and him and the other Cenobites in the original Hellraiser were cool because they weren't bad guys. Like, they were just, like, the middle ground. They weren't good guys. They weren't bad guys. They were just, like, you know, the middle... (laughs) They played the middle role. But as the Hellraiser films got on, I think after three... They just turned him into a bad guy for no reason because they wanted Pinhead to be the next, like, Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger. And he kind of is, but I thought he was more interesting as a character when he was the middle ground. In this film, they make Pinhead a bad guy. They don't make him the middle ground like they should have. I mean, if you're going to reboot the whole thing, 
they should have made it fair. Like they didn't, and they change a lot like of the continuity. Like in the original Hellraiser movies, there for those of you who don't know, in Hellraiser, the main thing about Hellraiser is there's a puzzle box, and when you open the puzzle box, the Cenobites will come and they'll kill you. Uh, in this film, all you have to do is get cut by the box to get uh, the Cenobites to come after you. So there's this one main villain. He's like a side plot. He's a side character. He like he finds the puzzle box at the beginning of the movie, and he essentially like he he gets this guy to open it for him, and that causes the Cenobites to show up, and he tries to make a deal with them where he's like, listen. I'll feed you human souls if you give me, like, immortality or, like, special powers or whatever it was he was asking for. And the Cenobites are like, okay, we'll do that for you. But while we're doing that, we're going to put you in this torture device. So he has this, like, thing that's, like, basically just, like, causing him pain. So he is trying to make a deal with them again to get the device off of him that's, like, hurting him 24-7. And in the process of doing that, like... Pinhead's just like he he's an a-hole for no reason like Pinhead is just a jerk <laughs> and in the original Hellraiser he's not like that he's not like that in the book either he's like he's the middleman and he doesn't see right or wrong I mean literally like in the film he's the first one he says you know he doesn't understand the difference between like tor- uh, like pleasure and pain and and now he's like all pain like now he's all pain it's just basically just destroys him as a character for what he was in the first one, which made the first one so good, is that he wasn't a bad guy. He was a complex character. But in the new one, the human characters are boring and they're lame and they argue with each other. And it doesn't make you want to root for them. It just makes you want them to get killed. And that's exactly what you're wishing for. And that's very, you know, you know, it's not fun to watch. And the fact that this went straight to Hulu, I, I can definitely understand why. Prey was the film that I talked about last week in the uh, the best of the year list. That was an honorable mention. That film should have been straight in theaters. There's no reason why that film went straight to Hulu. This is a film that I understand why it went straight to Hulu because it's a film that didn't really stand out as a film that belonged in theaters. It had the straight-to-DVD quality that Winnie the Pooh did. I mean, there was a little bit of more production value here. You can tell they definitely tried to tell a story, but it just didn't work. And I, I think it just sucks um, more than I probably would for any other film if it wasn't the fact that this was a reboot of a franchise that I actually like. And we're going to see a lot more of that on the list. We're going to see a lot more of franchises get destroyed. But as far as this new Hellraiser reboot goes, I, I don't want to see more of this. I hope that they can one day do Hellraiser justice and they can tell the story in a good way. But this just wasn't it. At number six... I have Beast. <laughs> this was the Idris Elba uh, safari film. It's Idris Elba and his two daughters. They go to um, Africa and they get attacked by a lion and then it becomes a survival film. So Idris Elba, he's a great actor. You know, whenever he's in a film, even if it's a bad film, he's always the best part of it. I mean, just look at Cats. Like Cats was terrible, but Idris Elba actually tried in that film. He actually does a good job in it compared to a lot of the other actors in there. But in this one, I was just rooting for the lion, man. It's like, it's a common trend where all these films where it's like, you're rooting for the bad guy. It's like, you're not supposed to do that. Like, I wanted the lion to kill everybody. Like, I didn't care about Idris Elba's family. Like, his two daughters were just so stupid and stupid decisions 
made by characters compromise the entire thing. And it's I, like, I'm sorry that all these films are kind of like the same, but they are like, they're all just characters making dumb decisions. You're in the middle of Africa, right? So Idris Elba's th- th- his two daughters, they're just like getting attacked by the lion. And there's a scene where the lion almost kills them. Like the first time that the lion shows up, he just almost kills them all. And then he leaves. And then Idris Elba's like, I need to go like get help. And he tells his daughter, he's like, I promise you, I'm going to come back and I'm not going to leave you guys. And then this, the older daughter is like, oh, yeah, just like you promised that mom wouldn't die. And she did. Like, I was just, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, the lion just tried to kill you. Like, why are you trying to hash this out now? Like, the lion almost just, like, ripped your head off. And you're just being, like, a dramatic B word. I'm not going to cuss. I, I, I'm not going to cuss. I, like, I, these movies, they kind of get me heated. So I'm trying very hard not to say any swear words. <laughs> but it's just so hard when you have to describe films because I'm, I'm getting just as frustrated talking about them as I was watching them because the characters are just so stupid. There's, a, there's another scene where the lion comes back and he attacks them again and then he leaves. And after the lion leaves, the one of the girls literally just gets out of the car and she's like, I'm going to go get help. And she, like, they have no idea where this lion is. They just know that he's, the, the lion is out there. And she just darts out of the car into, like, the into the woods or <laughs> into the savannah, I guess, what the term. But she, she just darts out of the only place that was keeping her safe from the lion. She just darts out and just runs for no reason. She just runs out. <laughs> like, if, if the lion had immediately killed her as soon as she stepped out of the car, I would have enjoyed the film. Like, that would, that would have made it enjoyable. But the fact that these characters can make these dumb decisions and not get killed for it just makes no sense to me. Because if they were to do this in real life, they'd be dead. <laughs> like, you, how fast do you think a lion would be able to kill, like, a 14-year-old girl who's just running around in the savannah? Especially considering that she has no way to protect herself. She's just running out for no reason of the only place keeping her safe. That's the kind of stuff that, like, just gets on my nerves. And not even just that, but it was boring like it wasn't funny like in the texas chainsaw or grim cutty way it was just boring and stupid like it wasn't even funny stupid like when these characters are making dumb decisions it wasn't funny to watch like it was in the other films and this one is just boring because they do a lot of the uh, the one shot technique and like you know in, in films sometimes they like to do shots where they'll just film the entire thing in one take and they do that a lot in this film and it's supposed to be like impressive but in this one it's just boring like there's no interesting shots really i mean they do consecutive long shots which is trying to be like an artistic choice but it just comes across as boring and uninteresting because they don't have any unique way of doing the shots they do it in one take but it's not like they're showing anything special that they couldn't have done in multiple different takes it just kind of felt stupid and boring is another uh big word that i could use to describe this one because that's that's exactly what it was it was it was boring I didn't care about the characters. I was rooting for the lion. Idris Elba is kind of likable, but I don't think like he could really save the movie on his own. It's just not a fun time, and I definitely would not recommend this one. Uh, number five, Morbius. <laughs> Morbius is uh, you know, a, a film that I had a headache watching. I had the biggest migraine when I got out of the theater watching Morbius. And I think it was so appropriate that they released this movie on April Fool's Day because it was an absolute joke. This is, without a doubt, one of the worst superhero movies that I've seen in a long time. There is another superhero movie that came out last year that I really thought was bad, which we're going to get to in a second. But Morbius, 
I didn't think it was going to get worse than this, and it did. <laughs> it did get worse as the year went on. But at the time, I thought for sure this was going to be the worst movie of the year. As it had so many moments that just gave me a headache because the special effects look so bad. Whenever, like, Jared Leto plays Morbius, Jared Leto is not a good actor. He's not. Like, I'm tired of giving him chances. I feel like I'm always giving Jared Leto a chance to, like, prove himself as a good actor. And every time I'm disappointed because he just it's just not good. <laughs> like, he was the Joker in Suicide Squad. And that movie was terrible. And the fact that he was even casted as the Joker at all just baffles me looking back. But now he's just trying on this new stuff, which I kind of respect that he's trying to do something new, but it's just not good. Like he plays a vampire and the special effects look bad. Every time he's like in a fight scene, there's this terrible looking effect of like this blue stuff just following him around, like these blue waves. And it's supposed to be like psychedelic because he's a vampire and it's supposed to be trippy. But it was just so bad looking that I had a headache like 15 minutes into the film because it's nothing but CGI and special effects. There's not, I don't think there's a single practical effect in this entire movie. It's just, it looked like the entire thing was filmed on a computer. Like it, it just looked awful. And not only did the film look awful and have a terrible color palette, the acting was bad too because you have Jared Leto and he's just talking in the same tone of voice and he's like trying to be this like scientific expert and it's supposed to be implied that he's a great doctor because he likes, there's an opening scene where he like saves a girl um, who's like having like a seizure or an aneurysm or something and he saves her and the his like love interest character he's like wow you're a really good doctor and he's like i know <laughs> and it's like it was just it was so stupid like how am i supposed to root for this guy like how like there's this other dude and i'm sure you all have seen the scene with the dancing <laughs> the dancing uh, vampire that have six have six you know that scene where uh, his best friend Milo is the, the villain of the film. I was rooting for Milo. <laughs> That's like a common trend for these worst movies where I'm rooting for the villain. And in this film, he was the only thing that I liked about the film. It was Milo, the guy who played him. I don't remember his name. He played the um, he played Skynet in Terminator Genesis, and then he also played, uh, he played the, the main Targaryen guy, uh, from the House of the Dragon Game of Thrones spinoff this summer. He, he's a good actor. I've seen him in good stop, and he really does try. He, he, he is the only person who is actually trying in this film, and I give him props for that. If he wasn't in this movie at all, this movie would be so much like higher on the worst list. But he was the only saving grace because whenever he was on screen, I was having a good time because he was funny. Like He, he, was, he was unintentionally funny, but he was still entertaining to me. And everything else was terrible. I didn't care about I didn't care about Morbius. I didn't care about the the girl doctor that was his love interest. Every time there was a fight scene, the special effects just took up the entire screen and just gave me a giant headache. It was terrible. And I hope that we never have to deal with Morbin time ever again. I hate Morbin time. It's my least favorite time, and I I just hated it the entire time. But if there's one saving grace that came out of this film. It's that they got the memes. <laughs> the memes became popular online of Morbius and Morbin time. And Sony was like, you know what? People are talking about this movie and how much they like it. So we should re-release it in theaters because, you know, everyone seems to like it online. They re-released this film and it only made like $18,000 when they put it out in theaters again. Like it bombed twice. How do you bomb twice at the box office? I mean, that, that's got to be like a record. <laughs> that's got to be a record for the fastest amount of times a movie has lost money 
because it just sucked so bad and I understand why I didn't make any money. And I am actually kind of proud of the human race for that one. I'm, I'm, I actually have faith. If there's reasons that I don't have faith in mankind. There's also reasons like the fact that this movie didn't make any money that also give me faith in mankind. Because this movie is just undeserving of your time and your money. And then that, that's all I have to say about that. So, number four. I have Lightyear. So this was a film that I had high expectations for. Lightyear was the uh, the Pixar spinoff of Buzz Lightyear, and it was an origin story. And a lot of people, they thought it was going to be bad because they were like, why does this movie need to exist? I mean, I personally had expectations for it that it was going to be good because of the Buzz Lightyear animated uh, show, uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. It was a famous cartoon back from like the 80s and 90s, and it was a good cartoon. I remember watching it as a kid, and it was a good story. And they had a lot to offer. The story was unique in a way to where it made the cartoon more mature than other than just like a children's thing. And that's what I always liked about the original Toy Stories was how they treated its audience with maturity and respect. And it didn't treat them as children up until like the well, before the fourth one came out. They did that. But in this one, they tried to tell a more like mature story as well. And there are some moments where they're trying to do something unique and cool but this movie sucks like i i hated this movie i i thought it was so boring and bad i remember when i watched it at first i was like okay it's not as bad like it's not good it's not as good as i thought it was going to be when i first got out of the theater i was like okay it's kind of just mid but then literally like an hour after i watched it i was like that sucked. Like, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen. It, it was just so terrible how they treated, like, the story with no care. It seemed like they wrote the script in, like, a day. There was no actual effort put into the script. And the, the director, it kind of just makes me mad when I see that the director said, like, in an interview a few days ago, actually, it came online that he was like, you know, I, I think that the audience just didn't understand the movie and they just weren't ready for this kind of film is what he was saying. So he was blaming the audience. He was like, you know what? It's not the, it's not the, it's not me. It's not me and my terrible writing and my terrible directing that made this movie bad. It was the audience. They just didn't get it. They weren't ready for this kind of film. No, it, it just, the film just sucks. I mean, I wanted to like this film. I did. I was like the only person who was willing to give it a chance because I was interested in what they could do with this. But it was just so bad. Like Chris Evans is Buzz Lightyear. He's he's fine. I mean, there's like a side character. Um, like a, there's a side character. It's like a robot, uh, a robotic cat named Socks. He was cool. He was interesting. But everyone else is just so stupid. Like Buzz Lightyear, his entire thing is that he doesn't work well with others. That's his entire character. He's just a jerk, and he likes to do things alone. And then after his partner dies in the first 10 minutes, because every time he tries to, like, basically, Buzz Lightyear, he's, they turn him into an, an a-hole. Like, he, he, he is an a-hole. The entire film, he just causes problems for everybody, and he's just a jerk for no reason. And that's not who Buzz Lightyear is as a character. Like, in the Toy Story films, Buzz Lightyear... He's he's the man, and he works with his friends 
<laughs> like, like I'm, I'm, uh, God, I'm getting so flustered just even talking about it. But Buzz Lightyear is a cool guy. He's a cool dude. He likes his friends. They work together. The teamwork. He was like the glue that kept everyone together. His relationship with Woody was so awesome in the original Toy Story movies. And in this film, they just make him a jerk for no reason. And on top of that, they have a twist where Zerg, Zerg was also something that I was excited for because Zerg is a cool guy. Like, he, he is a character that they could have done something awesome with. And when I saw in the trailers that they weren't really showing Zerg at all, that had me concerned. <laughs> that had me concerned because I was like, the only reason they wouldn't be showing him in the trailers is because they're going to have a giant twist where they completely ruin his character. And that's exactly what they did. Because in the movie, Zerg is actually Buzz Lightyear in the future. So they literally make Buzz the villain. So not only is he a jerk throughout the uh, the start of the film, he's also a jerk at the end. So basically, the entire plot of the film is that Buzz Lightyear just screws everyone over, and he like causes the pl- uh, he causes the ship that holds everyone on it, and he crashes it into this boring brown planet. Which is another thing that sucked about this film. You're in outer space, Buzz Lightyear. You want to know what Buzz Lightyear's like, catchphrase is? To infinity and beyond. He could literally go anywhere in space that you can go to, and you chose the most boring brown planet, and they're sitting they're sitting on this planet for the entire movie. They're stranded there because they have nowhere to go. So not only is the movie an eyesore, and there's nothing to look at, but it just looks so ugly looking. Like, the animation, it sucks because it doesn't match with the world. Like, the world is not, like, this like, cool, like, thing in space. You're on this boring brown planet, and it looks like S-H-I-T. It looks terrible, and it's just so bad. Everything about this film is just bad. I can't think of one thing that I liked about it, and this is just number four on my list. This could easily be number one. If, if this is how you, is this is how I feel about this one, just wait until we get to the other three because this was just such a disappointment. I think out of all the films on this list, this one had the most... Like, it had the most opportunity to be good. Like, it had the best chance to be something special, and they chose the lazy route. And I absolutely understand why this movie bombed at the box office. It is 100% deserved. See, uh, see, they're stranded on this planet, and every time the Buzz tries to escape, like, everyone on the planet, like, ages by 10 years. So every time he tries to get off the planet, everyone just ages and ages and ages, and it ages so much to a point where Buzz doesn't age, but everyone else does. So, like, pretty much all of his friends from the beginning of the film, they just die of old age, including his partner, and they're stuck on this planet for so long that... Whenever they tried to get off, Buzz is like essentially like killing everybody. So not only does he strand everybody on the planet, but he also gets them killed too by trying to like, well, I guess because of time and travel, I guess it's like he's not really killing them. He's just kind of like having, he's having to watch them die faster. So it's just, it's such a stupid idea that I don't understand why they would even do this. And the thing is, he does this so much that he messes with time, and that causes Buzz Lightyear to become Zerg, like, in the future. Like, he does, like, some sort of time paradox where Buzz becomes Zerg because it's, like, an alternate version of him that never gets off the planet. And he basically has to fight him, and he's fighting himself. So it, It makes no sense. It's one of the dumbest twists I've ever seen ever. You have Buzz Lightyear. He's like the main hero of Toy Story, and you turn him into the villain. Not only do you turn him into the villain, but you make him an a-hole for the entire film who's like a jerk to everyone who's nice to him when he's literally Buzz Lightyear. He's like, why? Just why? 
just don't don't watch this movie. Just don't watch this movie. Just just don't. Please don't. If you if you have seen it, I am I am sorry. <laughs> like I am sorry you had to sit through this. But this is just so bad, and I'm so embarrassed. Like I would be so embarrassed if I was anyone at Disney who worked on this thing. I'd be embarrassed if I was Disney and this film got released under my name. I would just I would just skip this one. Just skip it. Let's just skip it. <laughs> so number three. On the list, we're getting to the big, heavy hitter stinkers. This was hard. The, the top three, any one of them could have easily been number one. Even Lightyear could have been number one. Morbius could have been number one. Any of these films could have been number one. But having to narrow them down was so hard. But I've settled on Halloween Ends being number three. This film sucks. <laughs> I mean, all most of these films suck. But this one sucks really hard. Because not only was this film bad, but it was like pretty much false advertising like this was supposed to be the finale of the halloween franchise the rebooted franchise and, and the, all of the marketing pointed towards michael myers and laurie strode like having their final showdown and they're gonna fight that doesn't that doesn't happen at all in this film that happens in like the last five minutes that's not what the film is really about see the entire film is about this dude named Corey, some random kid who's never been in any halloween film ever He's just introduced in this one for the first time, and he is the main character. And the entire film is a romance revolving around him and Laurie Strode's granddaughter. And that's not what they wanted you to know. They didn't want you to know that. They wanted you to think it was going to be Michael Myers and Laurie fighting. Michael Myers chills in like a sewer drain for like the entire film, and he, he doesn't even show up. He's like sitting on the benches just waiting to get called on by Coach to be show up in the film and do something. And he's just like, he's just a weak dude. Oh my gosh, I'm just getting so fucked. I just can't help myself because it's so bad like it's just such bad writing it's so stupid like this is the finale of a rebooted franchise I didn't like the last Halloween Halloween kills when it came out I didn't like it that much I didn't think it was terrible I didn't think it was one of the worst things I've ever seen I definitely thought it was bad but looking at that and comparing it to this this movie makes the last Halloween movie look like the Shawshank Redemption because this film is just it's insulting it's insulting to anyone who's a fan of Halloween it's insulting to anyone who's a fan of movies in general because they take Halloween and they turn it into a romance film a romance film is not what Michael Myers should be in he's not even in it at all he's chilling in the sewers and whenever he does show up he's just like getting made fun of by everybody like he's not a menacing threat like they basically have a scene where the main dude Corey like goes into the sewer and he like beats michael myers up like with ease and just steals his mask and it makes him like it looks it makes michael myers look stupid like how are you supposed to take like michael myers seriously as a threat when he's just getting his ass handed to him by like a, a like a 17 year old kid like, it was just so stupid. So, basically, the entire film revolves around him. Like, Corey's the main character. Michael Myers is not the main character. Laurie Strode's not the main character. It's about this kid, and he's dating Laurie Strode's granddaughter, and it's about, oh, what makes a person, like, a, a, a villain, and what makes a person go crazy, because the, the plot revolves around the fact that this kid, he accidentally, like... He killed a child that he was babysitting on accident and like the town like kind of hates him for it. And even though it was an accident, he kind of gets picked on for it. And he basically starts to become a monster because of it. And he starts to go crazy. And this would have been interesting stuff if it wasn't for the fact that they put this in like a film that was the final <laughs> movie of a trilogy 
involving Michael Myers and Laurie Strode because they're the main characters and that's what this film should have been because they've been building this up for the past two movies but instead they just introduced this new guy that nobody signed up for. I didn't clock on for this dude. I clocked on for Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. I didn't clock on for Corey Cunningham. That's his name. And I'm, I'm, I'm so pissed that I even remember his name because he's just not only is it forgettable but it's insulting. It's, it's embarrassing. I, I, I would be so embarrassed I, that's kind of like a common thing for most of these movies i'd be so embarrassed if i was attached to any of these things i think that the director sucks i think that every decision he made was terrible the writing was bad i looked online like on certain interviews the director he was like oh we kind of had an idea for where we wanted to go with the franchise we wanted to do the first one be like a reboot then we wanted the second one to be like crazy and like kills and we wanted to have like crazy gory moments and just michael myers just going absolutely insane which was, you know, a little fun to see in the last one. But he was like, in the third one, we always had plans that it was going to be a romance. Yeah, because nothing says romantic like Michael Myers, right? That's just in Halloween. And not only that, but they had John Car Carpenter, the director of the first Halloween. They had him on speed dial. And they straight up said that they didn't want to talk to him about the new one. They were like, we didn't want to ask him for advice. Because we, we're just so, we were so good. And we had such a great idea with this new film that we don't need John Carpenter. We can do this by ourselves. Yeah, you, well, let's just ignore the dude who literally made the first one, like the first Halloween, the movie that you're making a sequel to. Let's just not ask him for advice, even though he made literally one of the best horror movies of all time. Let's just not talk to him. Yeah, that makes sense. There's just so many dumb decisions. Just there's dumb. There's not. This is this is different. This is a special case. Not only is it dumb decisions by the characters in the movie, there's dumb decisions by the people making the movie. It just it doesn't make any sense. Why? <laughs> just why? I wouldn't recommend this film to anybody. If if you wanted to torture yourself, or if you just like hate yourself, I would recommend you watch it. Like if you don't value your time, just just watch it. No, just just skip it. Just it's not worth your time. Number two, here we go. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. Number two, I have Jurassic World Dominion. What a giant waste of time this film was. This film is three hours long for no reason. This tries to go bigger and goes badder. That's the kind of the theme of the Jurassic World movies where it's like they always think they have to go bigger than the last one. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was the last one. That had one of the worst lines I've ever heard in any movie ever. The scene where the little girl like releases the dinosaurs into the into the wild and she's like, I had to let them go. They're hu they're they're real, like me. What why? This it it's so bad like to see that. And I thought for sure if they ever made another one, it was never going to get worse than that. And they did. <laughs> they did it. They did it. All right. They brought back the original characters from the original Jurassic Park and they give them nothing to do. They have nothing to do in this new one. The movie doesn't even focus on dinosaurs, really. Like the entire movie is focused on like these locusts. And like there's this whole subplot about these locusts that are getting released by like this evil company. And the locusts are the reason why the dinosaurs are acting wild. No, the dinosaurs are acting wild because they're dinosaurs and they got killed for a reason. The meteorite wiped them off the face of this earth for a reason. That's what the entire first movie was about. It was about the fact that dinosaurs can't coexist with humans. And the fact that there was the scene in the original where they're all eating dinner and John Hammond, he's like, I can't believe the lawyer's the only one on my side. And you guys don't agree with the fact that we're, like, marketing dinosaurs and stuff. That's because they were right. <laughs> it's because they were right to not want to have the dinosaurs be alive again. They were wiped out for a reason. And in the new trilogy, 
the main message seems to be, oh, dinosaurs should coexist with humans and we should save the dinosaurs. That's what the, the Fallen Kingdom was about. And that's what the protagonist, which is the Claire girl and Chris Pratt, they're like, we should have the dinosaurs be free and they shouldn't be killed. No, they should be killed. They, they should be killed, all right, because that's why they were killed in the first place. You know, it's not, you're not rooting for them. You, you don't want them to succeed because you don't agree with them. You don't think the dinosaurs should be running around. Because you know what happens when the dinosaurs run around? Exactly what happens in the start of this movie. The dinosaurs are out and about, and they're, like, causing havoc, and they're killing people, and it's bad. And that's what the entire opening of the film tells you. But at the end of the film, it's like, oh, dinosaurs can actually coexist with people, and they're peaceful. And it, uh, it was only because of those locusts that the dinosaurs were acting weird. No, 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 mm-mm, nope, that's not true, mm-mm. I don't think so. Like the entire film, nothing happens that changes between the start and the finish. And the fact that the dinosaurs went from crazy and just dangerous, because that's what they are, and then nothing happens between that and the end. And now all of a sudden, they're just like peaceful and they like have a montage of the dinosaurs just like walking around with humans. And they show like the Mosasaurus, which was the big like ocean like thing that just can destroy anything with his teeth. And he like kills people and all that kind of stuff. And now he's just like swimming next to like humpback whales and like they're being friendly and stuff. I'm like, no, you know what happened in real life? That Mosasaurus would eat the out of that like whale. He would eat him in two seconds. Like he would not be like cuddling with him in the ocean like it was just so stupid and it felt like a giant waste of time like they, they didn't seem like anyone tried the main villain of the film he's like this steve jobs looking guy and he talks like steve jobs and he looks like steve jobs and he's like the head of this evil company that wants to like control the dinosaurs and the locusts and he wants to make them all crazy so he can do like some sort of like uh, some relief program for like dinosaur damage and stuff like that so they can make a bunch of money and their company can succeed but it's just so stupid. Like, and it wasn't like the other ones where I was rooting for the villain. I wasn't rooting for anybody. I hated everybody in this film. There wasn't a single person I was rooting for. I was rooting for the dinosaurs to kill everybody. Like, I was, I was rooting for that. But when it came to the characters, there wasn't one interesting character in this entire film. Chris Pratt, he's like phoning it in for a paycheck. It's so obvious that he didn't care about this franchise anymore, and he wanted every. It kind of seems like everybody clocked on for to just do the movie, and no one really cared. You have all of the characters. You have the old characters. You have the new characters. They're introducing new characters in this film, and it's the last one in the franchise. And the fact that they don't even kill any of them. I was just like, please, kill somebody. Like, have some stakes. Like, you have dinosaurs running around killing people for sure, but there's no real stakes in the film. Like, none of the main characters die. Like, they basically all have plot armor. Like, Chris Pratt has plot armor. He's, like, riding a motorcycle being chased by velociraptors, and he's able to, like, dodge all of them, like, barely. And you don't care because nobody dies except for just random people. Just random humans in the background are getting eaten by dinosaurs, and they're all acting like it's normal. And it was just such a waste of time. It was so stupid. It was an absolute disrespectful thing that the fact that they did this to Jurassic Park, the Jurassic Park name in the first place. Because the original Jurassic Park is one of the best movies like ever made. And this one is one of the worst movies ever made. So how do we go from there to this? Bad writing in Hollywood. That's why. That's exactly why. Uh, this movie is the longest movie I've, I've seen, I think it's the longest movie I've seen all year. I, I, Avatar 2 is longer, but I think this one felt longer than that. I mean, Avatar 2 was like th three hours long, and that movie felt like three and a half hour long. <laughs> that movie felt three and a half hour long. Uh, this movie 
is three hours long and feels like it's five hours long because it's boring. It's stupid. There's no one to root for. I hated everybody and I hated myself for going to watch it because I didn't want to see this movie, but I was, I, I had to see it because I knew one day I was going to make a list like this, like top 10 best and top 10 worst of the year. And I love the original Jurassic Park. So I was like, I'm going to have to see it at some point. I might as well just bite the bullet and go watch it. And I absolutely hated myself the entire time. And I hope I hope they reboot it. I hope they reboot this whole thing. I hope they do like a Jurassic Park spinoff and make it cool again because I'm just so sick of these like Hollywood executives just ruining the names of classic franchises and films and turning them into dog sh Yeah, you can fill in the blank on that one. But before we get to number one, I do have some dishonorable mentions I'd like to talk about. Uh, the first one is Dog. This was a Channing Tatum film where he is like, uh, I think he's ex-military and he gets tasked with like taking this uh, dog to the other side of the country. It, it's, it, was just, it was like a family movie that I saw. The only reason I even saw it is because I was dating this girl at the time and she wanted to go see it and I told her I'd go with her and see it. And, uh, and it was fine. It, it wasn't terrible by any means. It was kind of boring. I wasn't really interested in any of the characters. I think the most like interesting aspect of it was the relationship between Channing Tatum and the dog, which was kind of nice. It did have a heartwarming message, but it just personally wasn't really for me. Um, another film that I have on the dishonorable mentions list is The Cursed. Does anyone remember this movie? Because I didn't. I saw this movie and I immediately forgot about it the day after. Like I, it was just so forgettable. It was, it was basically about like this old timey film about these werewolves, like, and they're just I, I don't remember anything about it. It's so hard. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. But just look up The Cursed online. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's very boring, very forgettable. And I, I, if it, it probably was bad, but I just don't remember anything about it. So I feel like it was worth putting on the dishonorable mentions list. The last one I have is uh, X. So this was the horror film. It was kind of a like a take on the classic slasher genre. Uh, and the acting was all fine. What I didn't like was the villains. It's basically just this old couple. Like, it, like, how am I supposed to be scared of a horror movie when the entire film revolves around these teenagers getting hunted by like this like group of senior citizens? Like, it, it wasn't scary at all. I, I mean, I like the style of it, but it was just kind of you know not as interesting as it probably thought it was. So, we finally made it. The number one worst movie of 2022 this is the movie that i th saw and i hated i hated myself i hated the entire thing there wasn't a single thing i liked about it and that's kind of a common trend with a lot of these films on the list but this is the one that really took the cake and that film is thor love and thunder this is the worst superhero movie i've ever seen in my entire life it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen in general I think in particular in the superhero genre, it sucks. I think as a film, it sucks. I think it treats the audience like idiots. Taika Waititi, he was the director of this film. I saw interviews of him where he was literally laughing over the fact that this film is unfinished. And that's what the entire film feels like. It feels unfinished. It didn't feel like anyone cared. It ruins Thor as a character. Like Thor in the first few Thor movies, he's basically like learning how to become a leader of like Asgard and how to become a good king because, you know, Odin passes away and he's learning how to like take up the mantle and be a hero because he's kind of a jerk in the first one and then he learns how to like accept humanity and how to be a good guy and in this one he's just like he's just going through buildings and like destroying people's properties like he's fighting this one dude in like this temple 
and and the opening scene of the movie and the guys who own the temple they're like this temple has been with us for generations and we really would like you to be careful with it and and thor was like okay and then he goes right into the building and he destroys that while he's fighting this dude like the, the the first thor would never do that i mean if there's anything that I liked about this film at all, it's the fact that I didn't I didn't like the fat Thor like angle. I thought it was stupid. I thought that it was kind of disrespectful to Thor as a character. I think they did a lot of characters like injustice when it came to Avengers Endgame. Thor was definitely one of the worst of it because the fact that they made him fat and they, they, they it just was so dumb. I don't know why they didn't just like keep him the same way. Cause you ever heard of the phrase? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Marvel has never heard that phrase before. They always feel like they have to change things for no reason. Every time they change something, it's always for the worst, which is why I hate Marvel, and it's why I don't like the MCU, because they all feel cookie-cutter. And every movie that the MCU has made in the past few years, the MCU is starting to feel like a parody of itself. Like, I didn't even see, like, Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, because I guarantee you if I had saw it, it would have been on this list, because I don't like what they're doing. I feel like MCU, they just have no direction. They have no direction now. They have no idea where they want to go. They've been planning up to Endgame for a while, and they had an idea. They had a plan of where they were going to go, and they executed it to get there. Now they have no plan. Now it just kind of feels like they're throwing stuff on the screen for no reason. They treat everything in this movie like a joke. Everything is tra- it's treated like a joke. It looks terrible. The CGI was awful. The jokes weren't funny. I hated everything. I wanted to die. Like, I just I just hated myself the entire time I was watching it. I remember I was going to see this with my dad. And when we went and saw it in theaters, when the first 10 minutes happened, I knew exactly what this entire movie was going to be. And I knew it was going to suck. And I knew it was going to be terrible. And I literally whispered to my dad and was like, I want to leave. If you want to leave, too, I'm fine with that. And he was like, no, it's fine. Just stick it out. So I, I stuck it out. I didn't want to. I wanted to leave. And I couldn't. And this movie wasted my time. If you haven't seen this film, I'm going to tell you not to watch it. If it wasted my time, I'm not going to let it waste your time. So don't watch this film. If you're not into Marvel or if the MCU is not your thing, then I wouldn't recommend you to watch this anyway because I don't think you would. But even if you are into superhero films and you haven't seen this one or if you like the MCU and you haven't seen this film yet, don't watch it. Don't do that to yourself. Why? I care about you too much to put you through this. I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy to watch this movie because everything is stupid. Like, you have Christian Bale. He plays the main villain. I'm not even rooting for him. I'm not rooting for anybody. Like, he, he plays the main villain, and he's just so over the top and so eccentric. He's not, like, you can't take him serious because he looks stupid in the first place. And he's, like, basically Gore the God Killer, but he's not a threat at all. Like, he's not a threat. He's not treated as a threat. He kidnaps a bunch of children. That's, like, all he does. And he, like, like it's just... It, it's so bad. None of the characters have interesting arcs. You you bring you brought back Jane Foster from the original Thor, and then you just kill her. Like you brought her back, and then you killed her for no reason. Like literally, like why would you bring her back in the first place and just give her nothing to do other than the fact that oh you're trying to have a female Thor? Like is this supposed to be like woke or something? Like is the original Thor just not good enough? Like you're. You did something right by, like, getting rid of the fat Thor and making him cool again. But then you just do something stupid by bringing in characters and giving him nothing to do. Like, it's just one step forward, two steps back. That's what the entire MCU feels like. And none of the characters are interesting. It's boring. It's stupid. I hated it. My, I, like, I just, it's so awful. And it's definitely, without a doubt, 
like there was there was a, a, a subplot where Thor has a love triangle and it's not with Jane it's with his two hammers like literally every joke in this film is unfunny the opening scene had like a joke about these screaming goats and I thought oh haha it's screaming goats I get it and then the goats just keep screaming and they keep screaming and they keep screaming and they scream throughout the entire film and I wanted to just blow my head off like every time the goats were on screen screaming it was supposed to be funny it was just stupid I feel like that's what you could say about the entire like film it was supposed to be funny but it's stupid it felt like the longest saturday night live sketch i've ever seen and this is the definition of marvel parody if this if this was a parody film of the mcu this is it if there was ever a parody of any film ever this is it right here it's not worth your time it's not of any good quality nobody cared i'm sure some of you have even seen that picture of like the the picture floating around online of the kid and his like cgi floating head and how awful it looked that was what the director was saying when he was talking about how the film was unfinished. And I cannot respect anybody who would make a film like this and then laugh over the fact that he knew it was bad and he still put it out. He knew it wasn't finished and he still put it out. I have no respect for Taika Waititi after releasing this. I have no respect for the MCU for even greenlighting something like this. They have no direction. I hate where they're going now because now they, they're going to go in a whole new direction of like Thor's going to have a kid now because the film ends with like this girl and it's supposed to be like Thor's daughter. I don't like it. I, I think it's a terrible direction. I don't like where they're going with it. And this is why the superhero genre is just so like a dumb it's just such a dumpster fire right now dcu is getting rebranded they're rebooting everything at least we got the batman but that's like its own separate thing but the entire dceu is going to get rebooted the mcu is going to need to get rebooted soon if they keep releasing garbage like this I, it's just it's such an insult and I, I i feel bad for anybody who watched this film if you like it that's fine uh, you know the, just to end off to end off on the note if you like any of these films Good for you. Good for you. But this is my opinion. I hated a lot of these films. I hate, hate, hate is a strong word. I don't usually like to throw the word hate around like that, but I just, I, I, I just couldn't help myself in talking about these films because some of these were really bad. And if you have not seen them, please do yourself a favor. Don't watch them. Just don't watch them. Just go, wa go watch Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Go watch that, please. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, that, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I will see you all next week. Uh, I don't have anything set in stone. There's going to be some movies that come out after spring break, and hopefully I'll be able to talk about them. Like, I know Shazam 2 is coming, and I know John Wick 4 is coming. So look forward to those reviews, and I will see you all next time.